Well, if you're a parent or if you're thinking about becoming one or if you just want to laugh at two new parents and feel better about your decision not to procreate, we have got a podcast for you from our friends at Stitcher. It's called Josie and Johnny are having a baby with you. Josie Long and Johnny Donahoe are uh, their comedians. They, one of them got pregnant by the other one. It was not planned. They're trying to prepare for the birth of their first child. In each episode, they're going to sit down with actors and writers and entertainers who are also parents to help them figure things out. John Hodgman, Jane Marie, Eugene Marmon, Rachel Sklar, others. Listen and subscribe to Josie and Johnny are having a baby with you in your podcast app right now. How are you? Really good. It's rainy. It's cold. Oh, we're cozy. Wearing yeah. sweaters. I love it. Are you building a fire? The lights are low. Emotionally, yeah. I love that. Mentally, love that. how is Faye handling the rain? Not well. <laughs> She's in a sweater. Faye. It's too tight. We have to find. It's hard to find size inclusive sweaters for dogs. Mm-hmm. There's we're a lot of dog body trying sharing. to find raincoats and everything. Yeah. Do you have a raincoat for Finn? Don't have a raincoat for Finn. Should have a raincoat for Finn. It would be really cute. God damn it. We really should have it. I just ordered one. I'll let you know how it turns out. Okay, great. Um, Well, after Thursday, we're not going to need it. Right, until two years from now when it rains again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Finn will stand at the door and just look at the backyard and want to go out. Mm -hmm. Like, even if the door is open, he's just like, there's stuff has fallen from the sky and I don't want to be involved. He's like, turn it off. Yeah. What's going on here? I know. Anyway, poor guy's all cooped up, but I'm loving it. Uh, Me too. It's good screener weather. It's real good. So have you watched anything good lately? What did I watch? Uh, I think we've talked about uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me, which I loved. Amazing. Um, oh, what was the last thing? Oh, we watched Eighth Grade again, although that one wasn't a screener. It's it was just on Amazon so Prime. so good. But it's so fantastic. It is divine. Yep. Um, I'm, watching, uh, I'm watching the Gillette ad over and over. Okay. Well, just again, loving it. As usual, I know only the Cliff's Notes of okay. the scandal, so I need okay. you to walk me through. Okay. So Gillette – has been trying for some time to, to you know, market themselves, to, like, open up what it is that they do, not only with products, but with, like, messaging to clients. Like having a, uh, a blog and a magazine, much as Dollar Shave Club mm-hmm, does with mm-hmm. Mel and that kind of thing. So in order to sort of kick that off in the spirit of, you know, the, the you know, n- new thinking on masculinity and the Me Too movement and all that, it was, it was like, they have a 90-second ad that's going to air in the Super Bowl, but it's already... Uh, been released online where it's it's just like um it's like a roving gang of boys like young boys mm-hmm. like 11 12 year old boys just running and like hitting and punching and whatever and they run through every scene to illustrate that like much of what we think of as masculinity is is the worst behavior of boys. Mm. It's bullying, it's harassment, it's, you know, just reckless othering, you know, that kind of thing. It's reckless. And basically the whole thing is just like, why don't we try to do better? And like, you know, it's not just we're not just talking to the people who do the bad behavior. We're talking to everybody, like be an advocate, stand up. So there's you know, somebody like goes to grab you know, to like honk a girl's butt, and the, the guy's like, "Don't honk a, a girl's butt," you know. And then like there are two kids. There's one kid just wailing on another at a barbecue, and the dad is finally like, "Don't let's don't beat people up." How about that? Right. So a perfectly anodyne, totally nice message about being your best self, right? Um, that is there to sell more razors. So 
of course, it's Craven from the beginning, but yep. um, but a nice message, right? So, of course, every like you know, Piers Morgan and Ben Shapiro and all these knuckleheads online are just like, well, yeah, you've lost a customer. And then all the people who love them are, like, posting pictures of them throwing their razor in the toilet, which is like, okay, so you're going to fuck your plumbing or you're going to get toilet water on your hand when you go to dis- yeah, yeah, like yeah. Th- pull the thing out. Idiot. And, uh, and it, like, it, just a lot of people are, are, like, reacting as though they have been oppressed. As and though they are being shamed. Is their main objection that they don't that they want they don't want to be prevented from doing the the things that are being uh, frowned upon in this commercial? It's it, the, it falls into two categories. Uh, one is like virtue signaling, which let's let's put that right on the shelf for a moment because you're always going to be signaling something. So why not? Great point. Why not signal something nice? Huh? How about That's that? a really good you're point. You're either going to fucking do this thing where you're the girl from, you know, Kent State who carries her fucking pistol around everywhere mm-hmm. and posts pictures of herself in New York and says it smells like piss and whatever. It's like, okay, well, you're signaling. That's signaling. Uh, vice yep. and being an asshole. Or you're just signaling that the status quo is totally okay. Um, so shut the fuck up. Um, or it's you're shaming men for behavior that you don't even know that we're taking part in. Right. Okay. Um, and typically, like, it's like, oh, you're, you're shaming men for, you know, you're making a lot of assumptions. I ain't no fag. You know, like, it's that kind of thing where it's like, it's it, like, I'm a better man than that. And then some kind of soy boy or cuck beta or whatever uh-huh, kind of uh-huh. thing. And it's like, if you're, if this honestly feels like shame and oppression to you, don't get shamed or oppressed. Yeah. Because you are, you are. Your your constitution is far too delicate for you to handle it. Yes. Settle the fuck down. Yes. It's been let's just let's appeal to our highest self. If like if an appeal to be your most magnanimous self shames you, then you're an asshole. So everyone is an asshole. It's essentially a lot, not everyone is an asshole, but there's a small as with everything. There's a small and vocal asshole community that's making their voices heard. And what's the response? Is it still going to air? I'm sure it'll air. Yeah, and then I'm sure, you know, Tucker Carlson's going to have a whole thing about it where, like, he'll have somebody defend the ad and he'll make a face at them. And, you know, nobody's going to learn anything from it. But it's, it's a perfectly nice uh, it's a perfectly nice ad. And I guess it is uh, ultimately a good reminder to not grope a woman's butt or yeah. whatever they're, they're doing in don't there. Don't honk butts. If that's, if that's the only takeaway, yeah. don't honk butts. Yeah, if, it's, if, it, if one butt honk is held back on. Then we're better as a and nation. There might, I, I gotta believe there are a lot of butt honkers or future butt honkers, right. potential butt honkers watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. And this is a, maybe a good way to reach them. That's exactly right. Now, I I should say we are not talking about consensual butt honking, which we're totally fine with. <laughs> oh, oh, very pro butt honking. Yeah. <laughs> very pro consensual butt honking. Right. But nobody wants to be surprised by one. And if there is a young person growing up and a, and a, and a fork in the road lay before them, mm-hmm. one way. Non-consensual butt honking. The other way, gentlemanliness. If this nudges someone towards the gentleman path, I'm all for it. And you'll notice I'm clean shaven now. Oh, did you Got use rid your of the beard. Gillette? Yeah. Actually, I think it's Harry's, but whatever. Doesn't matter. It's whichever one is a sponsor. It is Dollar Shave Club. That's definitely the one that you use. And I use their shave butter. That's right. Would have done the butt wipes, but we're out. Oh. Um, this week... What a show! What, what a, a guest. show! What a show! As we as we stand at the precipice of uh, Oscar nominations, yeah, 
which I believe come out Tuesday morning. Uh, the unbelievably uh, smart and hilarious and uh, groundbreaking uh, and uh, wonderful. I All mean, of the above? Yeah. And he's the, the uh, director of culture and entertainment for a magazine called Out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar, Dave. Heard of it? Uh, that is uh, uh, some queer upstart publication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Travel Anderson is here. Yeah. Uh, with so much to say, so much to share. And uh, we both had a religious experience during this interview. I think that's absolutely right. And uh, I would follow Travel to the ends of the earth. And now we're excited to share that religious experience with all of you. Enjoy. Friends, we are back with Travel Anderson. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Good. Good. You have a calming energy. Do I? Yeah. From the second you walked in, it was like, oh. It's the rain. Blame the rain. It could be the rain. I'm normally erratic. Is that true? <laughs> Some people might believe so. <laughs> okay. That's fair. So you're in from Glendale? I am, yes. You made the trip. The, it wasn't that long. In the pouring rain from Glendale. The Horrible rain. Mm-hmm. I came over, uh, made a similar trek. It's a mess today. It's a mess. But we persist. Mm-hmm. Culture expert. Oh, wow. We want to know what you're, what you're consuming. What's your, uh, what is your most recent binge what experience? What am I consuming? So I'm doing a lot of prep for, like, shows that, like, haven't come out yet. Yeah. Um, and, like, watching screeners of stuff. So... Okay. Um, One Day at a Time is coming back, uh, season three. It's so good. I mean, it was always good, but it's still good um, with this new upcoming season. Um, Let's see, uh, another Black Earth Rising, I think is the name of it, with Michaela Cole. Uh, She did Chewing Gum. Um, She's the lead, but it's, like, completely different. It's not a comedy. It's very, like... I don't know, drama, action-y, sci-fi-ish. Oh, she plays cool. like a, a survivor of the Rwandan genocide wow. who was like adopted by this like amazing white woman lawyer who gets killed and like hijinks ensue. Um, oh, no. It's so good. Um, other than that, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race is my everyday weekly. Yeah. Um Housewives of Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know. Let me pause you on those two and just ask a couple <laughs> follow-ups. Yeah. Where are you? Who are you rooting for on Drag Race currently? Um, so I'm rooting for everybody black. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my default. Mm-hmm. So Latrice has gone home. Monique well, it, and Monet. Yes, Monique and Monet, which I think would be like great winners. We yes. haven't had a black winner for All Stars yet. It's time. It's time. <laughs> um, both superstars. They are both amazing. I'm, I, I like them both. I was going to say I'm a fa- fan of one more than the other, but I like them both equally, I think. I was rooting for Latrice, and then yeah. she got sent home. That so. was pretty brutal. I mean, I would have done the same thing, to be quite honest. No, but, but it's just hard. When when someone, I, Valentina or someone was like, you're fine because no one wants to send you home. I feel like that that's the universal feeling yeah but i love that uh i think it was monet sent her home monique monique sent her home yes so i do do love that she did it um but i wouldn't have yeah but who is your prediction for winner uh the uh, i think that it's i think manila is going to pull through 
Um, I just think she has the benefit of being like a veteran. Yeah. And she's also her friend is gone. Right, Latrice is gone, so like she doesn't have were any they allegiance close? to anyone. She didn't make it clear that they they were, were very. <laughs> you're disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now that Latrice is gone, I think that she she's in it to win it now. Yeah. Um, and like she's the only one who doesn't have any allegiances to anyone else. Yeah. Um, for either being like similar seasons or being friends outside of the show. So like she's also just like a really great queen. Really, really good. Yeah, she's seasoned. She's got the expertise. You know. Yeah. yeah. What are your feelings on the intentional comedy on that show? The intentional comedy, like the you mean? written comedy. You mean when they when they set up bits for them? You mean like in the confessionals and stuff um, like that? No, or? I mean like um, like the challenges if there's a comedy oh. element to it. I mean, I don't find those funny for the yeah. most part. Yeah, um, but I also think that's like so much of the feelings around that comedy are like. Very to me, very like white gay comedy, yeah. mm-hmm. and like I'm not white nor gay yeah. for the listeners. Yeah, um, and so it just and it also feels a little off for certain queens who are trying to do that and project that. Yeah, um, but like I think I think the roasts uh, from the most recent episode was really funny. Like particularly Monet and uh, Monique's characters, which are characters that. I am very familiar with, like, the black church queen and, like, the black pastor character. Like, I know those people. My grandmother was a pastor, right? So, like, I died laughing at those, whereas, like, some of the other comedic bits that the the queens did fell flat to me. Yeah. But I did have some genuine laughs during that episode, which I can't say I've had in quite some time on Drag Race. I do think that this is the best season of the show thus far. Yeah. I think, because, like, all of the queens... It's definitely the best all-stars, and I think it's the best general drag race season because all the queens have experience. They all have actual brands and identities, mm-hmm. um, and they're all trying to actually win. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I think that that adds something to the show that we haven't had in the past. So rooting for Monique and Monet on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. We'll accept a Manila. To- yes. I will accept Manila, yes. Mm-hmm. On Housewives of Atlanta, who are you rooting for to win, to win that vicious competition? I am always on Candy's side, no matter what happens. I don't care. I don't care if she's in the wrong. She's yeah. not in the wrong, to be clear. Um, but I'm always on her side. Are y'all? Do y'all watch? Are you, no? I do. I'm I do fair not. weather, but I'm I'm in at the moment. You're in at the moment. Yes. Okay. So I'm always on Candy's side. You know, for the last few seasons, there's been her versus Portia. Mm-hmm. You know, has been like the main conflict. I'm still on Candy's side. She's a legend, and we don't talk ill of legends. Of course. So you know. But do you, how do you feel about Portia? I don't feel about Portia. You don't. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> he's just. He's got. It's gotten so cold in here. <laughs> she. I. I she just, I just think, you know, she is the granddaughter of a civil rights legend in Atlanta. Oh, that's you right. would not know that based on how she carries herself on this show. I forgot that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who are you rooting for on The Masked Singer? On The oh Masked Singer? I haven't been watching. No? I have not been watching. I've heard it's amazing, though. Oh, I saw a couple you- clips of Gladys, of who I think is Gladys Knight, because oh. it sounds like Gladys Knight. Okay. I forget. I think she was a B or something I like don't that. Know. Um, but it sounded like Gladys Knight, because Gladys has, like, one of those voices that, like, you yeah. can't mistake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm rooting for her if she's okay. still in the competition. Whoever told you it was great is lying to you. Oh, That's, no. This is someone you need to cast out of oh, your life. Oh, no. You don't like it? No. It's um, it's fascinating. I only saw the first episode, and it is uh, it is, it, 
every single thing is done exactly wrong. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fascinating in that it's um, like to the audience cutaways. Mm, like when they yeah. cut to the audience, the audience is overacting. You know, mm. um, they um, the uh, like all of the judges or or experts or whatever we're mm-hmm. calling them. Um, they're like, oh, I, I bet that's Justin Bieber or whatever. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I bet it. I bet it isn't because <laughs> don't think he's Bieber's not going to do that show at all, at all. Um, it's just everything is pitched so high, and and it's and then you get to the actual substance of the thing, and it's these terrifying masks that conceal <laughs> faces that are maybe lip syncing to pre-recorded and auto-tuned tracks of somebody singing it's also mm. very hard on the eyeballs it Nothing is to look at that looks good the, the yeah. uh, costumes are so intentionally ugly mm-hmm. sorry i have a mouthful of gummy as i'm talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um it feels like um whatever uh you know theodore uh violent pussy or whatever his name is in um what's his name theodore in uh, the Vi- hunger games the uh, the, the oh, guy yes, Stanley yes, Tucci yes, exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, he, like yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. I feel like okay. he if he stepped in as host you wouldn't <laughs> notice the difference his, you, his name is Theodore Violent I pussy? I don't know Violent Pussy Violent uh, but no pussy. it's not that but it is some it's some dumb future name <laughs> what's his name what, who's Stanley Tucci we'll in uh, the Hunger Games did you read the Hunger Games Dana no 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 very off brand for no. you. <laughs> from Harry Potter okay <laughs> a long time ago no, no Hunger I've never seen a Hunger Games movie wow oh, okay. you're disrespectful that's I right they're good um, movies it's, it's crazy I, is all I'm saying it's crazy uh, as um, Caesar Flickerman Caesar Flickerman Caesar Flickerman yeah very close to Theodore Violin Pussy <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I am curious some of your all time favorites like mm-hmm. some of your formative uh, like do you have a top five favorite movies of all time list. I hate this question. (laughs) Um, Because everyone always asks it. Um, So, in no particular order. Okay. Also, do not judge me. Okay. Never. Lies. No. Wait till I say this list. Okay. Okay. First and foremost, I'm going to give something that I know is not controversial. So, I'm going to go with Sister Act 2. Okay. Not controversial. Not controversial. You can't hate it. Okay, it's better. It's one of the few situations where the sequel is better than the original. Okay? So, Sister Act 2. Then there's this great movie called BAPS. Yes. By Robert Townsend. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was before, you know, Halle Berry, Uh you know, won her Oscar. Yeah. What happened to Natalie DeSalle? Listen. She did. She did um, The Black Cinderella with Brandy. Right. And then... She disappeared and she popped back up a couple years ago in a Tyler Perry movie. Mm-hmm. Other than that, no one's talking about her. That's But that tragic. movie is so good. It's very funny. Oh, my God. It's amazing. I have a poster of it on my wall at home. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going to put Moonlight up there nice. um, because iconic, legendary, everything. Um, what's that? That's three, two mm-hmm. more. Let's, can, can I interrupt? You sure can. Um, it's your Oscar show. night. When, uh, when when uh, they like yeah. God. the La La Land, oh my like God. talk me through it. Where were you? I'm triggered. Oh my God! Just <laughs> thinking about it. I was actually in the press room at the Oscars. Get oh, out! Listen, I'm. Oh my God! I'm so triggered <laughs> because it was like so. First of all, I was you know 
there was a big old battle between Moonlight and La La Land, right? Sure. And people are like, okay, if Moonlight wins, then it's like a great future for like diversity and da da da. If La La Land wins, you know, white people will like win again, right? And then La La Land had won. And I literally had tweeted out something pithy about white people winning again, white people who saved jazz winning again or something like that. And then like two seconds later, on the TVs in the press room, we can see sometimes more than what people at home see, right? Because the the screen is just bigger or whatever, um, or the camera angle. And so we can see, you know, the the people with the headphones like coming out onto the stage and like something's oh, yeah, yeah, going yeah. down. And we're like, what the, f- can I cuss? Yeah. yeah. We're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Jesus have mercy. And then it all comes down and it's just like, wow, this is not okay. Now, mind you, that extended my night by three hours because now as a reporter, at the time I was working for the LA Times, we have to figure out what happened, mm-hmm. right? And so now we're stuck in the press room because we need to figure out what has happened. I can't go to the parties. I'm trying to get drunk, you know, trying mm-hmm. to decompress. Can't do any of that because now we've got to figure out what's happening. And like, it just was like, we were all just so stunned that it happened because it had never, like, they had allegedly protocols in place to make sure this never happened, and it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, in retrospect, it's one of those amazing moments because now Moonlight, for better or worse, will, like, go down in history. And, like, it will be something that I think is forever remembered, even though it's remembered for this, you know, yeah. situation. Yeah. Uh, but... You have triggered me in this moment, um, but it, it it was a it was a it was a long night. Yeah, it was a long long night. Did you get past the 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 fracas of it and get to get drunk and have fun and? Of course, great. We got we got there. Good. D- don't worry yeah. about that. Good. We did get there, and it was a it was much more needed after of all of that situation. But like literally that night, no one knew really knew kind of what had happened mm-hmm. um and I, I remember like barry jenkins and the entire team coming back into the press room and obviously we're asking questions he's like i don't know um the downfall of that whole situation is at the moment was kind of ruined like imagine if moonlight had won outright the type of celebrations that type of celebratory moment that could have been um yeah we didn't have that it's all right though yeah um, I one more detour question, then we mm-hmm. will go back to your last two favorites. Um, oh, good! I should be thinking about what's those. your what's your um, Oscar pick Ugh. for this year? My Oscar pick won't win. Um, my Oscar pick is if Beale Street could talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also we were talking about this before. I also really love Widows. Widows is my favorite film of the year, and I think it has not been getting enough attention. And I blame it on the marketing of the studio um, because a Thriller, an action thriller starring, goddammit, Viola Davis, written and directed by Steve McQueen. What do you mean? It should be snatching trophies left and right. What do you mean? Yeah. And it's and it's also a really fucking good movie. It's so good. Have, you I haven't, haven't seen, seen it. it. Neither. Oh, my God. You're what's wrong I'm with the I'm movie the going public. Mm-hmm. You have to see. It's, I promise you all, it's the best movie of the year. I'm going to watch it this it's week. It's better than Roma. Yeah, I said it. I'm not going to watch Roma this week. I am going to watch Widows this week. You should not watch Roma. I liked Roma. That's fine. Okay. (laughs) For the listener, the look on his face indicates that is not fine. No, 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 no. Roma is good to some people. I am not. It's actually great to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I am not one of those people. And why is that? It's beautiful. Uh, It's, it's. 
I can see people saying it's beautiful. I saw it uh, at its uh, at the premiere in Toronto, um, at the Toronto International Film Festival, and I was sitting beside this wonderful woman who was bawling the entire time, and I just was like, "She's moved. I'm not. Something's not right with me." Um, then I watched it again. I was like, "Nope, the movie's just not as amazing in it as everybody's making it out to be." Mm. Um, but I, I don't know if it's the I don't. I don't know why. It just didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. I also think, like, black and white movies in 2018, 2019, mm, yeah. it's, I don't want to call it a cop-out, but, like, I'm one of those people who, I love color story. Mm-hmm. I love looking at those types of details in a set. And when you make it all black and white, you remove a lot of that. Um, and I think I think there's just so much that, we didn't get to see and feel about this world that Alfonso Cuaron created, uh, recreated, um, that I wanted. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The internet's going to hate me. No, no, no. 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 Listen, my mentions are always a shit show. The, uh, back to the list. My other two, um, uh, did I say the color purple already? No, No. you didn't. Okay. The color purple's number four, even though it's directed by a white man. And, uh, that white man being Steven Spielberg, uh, yeah. for those who weren't aware. Um, and then I think last but not least, I will say School Days by All Spike right. Lee. All right. <laughs> you weren't expecting that one. No. Good. It was a left turn. Listen, I like turns. Sure. <laughs> and now I'll have DeButt playing in my head for the rest of the day. <laughs> As you should. As I should. <laughs> How about, I won't make you do a top five, but is there an mm-hmm. all-time favorite TV show? Oh yes, I can do I can do a top five. That's easier great. than films. Oh, great. Okay. It's okay. for me. Um so number one is Noah's Ark by Patrick Ian Polk. Ooh. Um are you familiar? Of course, oh, sure. Daryl. Okay. Yes, Daryl Stevens. Love Daryl. Um so that's number one. Um number two is Living Single. Mm-hmm. Number three is A Different World. Mm-hmm. Number four is <laughs> I'm going to go with America's Next Top Model. Great. Um, I know it's not scripted, but I'm just going to slide it in there. Great. Uh, <laughs> we, we, give you, we give you no parameters in that, uh, you did, in that department. Good, you did, and great. You choose whatever you like. And then number five, we're going to go with... Mm, oh, I don't know. Did I, I said living single. You sure did. I said... You, you know, know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say Insecure. Ah, that's a surprise for me. I didn't expect myself to say that. But we're going to go with it. We're on a journey of self-discovery. Listen, through this journey of discovery. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That reminds me of another show called Half and Half, which y'all probably have never heard of. No. Um, It was one of those shows that was on UPN back in the day. Mm. Actually, I lied. I'm taking off Insecure, and I'm putting up The Parkers. Okay. Okay? Mm Because it would be disrespectful for me to put up Insecure and not put the Parkers because the Parkers, Monique, Monique paved the way. Right. Yeah. Okay, right. mm-hmm. there would be no Issa Rae if there was no Monique. Yeah, I yeah. said it. Yeah, and Countess, Countess, Countess Vaughn? Vaughn. Yes. Oh my legend, legend. Okay. Yeah. Ah, oh, Jesus, you're taking me back. You know, and I've been looking for an opportunity to work Khadija Don't Need Ya into conversation. Khadija Don't so Need ya. Maybe in the listen. next few minutes that'll happen organically. Listen. I don't know. <laughs> well, you you worked it in that way. That's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I, I don't know. I can do better. <laughs> Are you tracking Monique's current moves? Of course. Monique is my favorite actress of all time. 
She's incredible. Hot take, I know. But why aren't we getting more of her? Because she's a fat black woman who doesn't shut up, <laughs> to be quite honest with you, right? Um, I mean, she's she's doing a Vegas residency right now, comedy residency, stand-up residency, just started. Oh, really? uh, I follow her on Instagram. That's the only way I know this. Um, but other than that, I mean, she's deemed difficult and difficult and hard to work with in Hollywood. Um, you, you saw what went down with Lee Daniels. Come on, we all saw. And then the recent Netflix situation. So. What was the Netflix. Yeah, the Netflix situation, she revealed that she that Netflix basically didn't want to pay her as much money as she thought she should get paid for it. Oh, for her special. For her special, oh, for right, the, right. The, the the comedy special. Um she thought that she should be paid more than I think they were offering her three million or something like that, and she thought she should be getting more. Mm-hmm. Um, which I agree with, to be clear. Um, but you know. I also think just speaking of Monique's film work, that we should be seeing more Mariah Carey acting dramatically. I don't know if I would go that far. You don't think so? <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, okay. She was fine. Actually, no, she was really good she in Precious. She was really good. She was really good in Precious. But how often do you expect Mariah Carey to take off all the makeup and, you know, put on a horrible wig? No, not often. Listen, exactly. So, like... It, I don't want to see Mariah Carey in a movie unless she's doing that. Well, that's what I mean. We all yeah. saw what happened with glitter, okay? No, no. Less glitter, more precious. Listen. Uh, but she was good in it. The, the entire cast of that movie was amazing. Yeah, they're pretty Love it. flawless. Uh, Mariah versus Nikki. I mean, let's just, let's, let's oh, you're revisit taking me back. a classic. Um, to American Idol. Yeah. Love it. Also, really love American Idol, at least the older seasons. Fantasia Barino, season three winner, is Come my on. idol. Come on. Um you know what? Mariah versus... You know, I, I gotta go with the legend of the group, and that's Mariah Carey. Yeah. I mean, it's Mariah Carey. You, that's all you gotta say. You don't talk ill of legends. You don't. And Nikki is is an up-and-coming legend, but she's not there yet, Mm-mm. despite with her, what her and her barbs think. Mm-hmm. She's not quite there yet. And she keeps playing games she'll never get there, because Cardi B, listen, Cardi B's coming up all right, she Cardi is. B is here. Mm-hmm. She's not leaving, and we all know that Nicki Minaj is shaking in her boots. So, I mean, but to be clear, because I don't want anybody to jump down my throat, Nicki is the superior artist in the whole Cardi versus Nicki situation. To be clear, mm-hmm. Nicki, however, is hella immature. Yep. Okay, and doesn't know how to just. Girl, where's the music? Just give us the music. Let the music speak for itself. Right now, Cardi B's got number one hits. Yep. Nicki Minaj's album that just came out, didn't listen to it. Listen to it I'm still listening to Invasion of Privacy, okay? There you go. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, Is Mariah one of your all-time favorite musical artists? Um, no. No. Just a legend. You're just she's a legend because I can recognize legendary, you know, folks without them being, you know, personal in in my own personal canon. Yeah, right. So Um, who's your own personal canon? My own Fantasia is up there. She's I always say Fantasia is my Beyonce. Um, You know, which I know is a hot take and a controversial opinion, but deal with it. Fantasia is my top. Obviously, Beyonce's up there. Um, I'm also going to go with a Anita Baker. I'm, I'm an R&B type of person. I know I'm 10 years old, but like old school R&B is where I, you know, 
get my rocks off, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so Anita Baker, you can give me a Layla Hathaway, you can give me a Lettucey, you can give me a Marsha Ambrosius, <laughs> you know, Jill Scott. Mm-hmm. Listen, I can go on for days. That's a pretty good list. Thank you so much. I know. I need the playlist. Listen. I need you to follow what? you on your streaming platform of choice. Yeah, I don't mm. really do any of those. Yeah, well, but my loss. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram, though. I do like carpool karaoke just by myself while Great. driving. Great, it's dangerous, and I don't uh, encourage anyone to do it. But you know, it but happens. If, listen, if you can do both, listen. you might as well. You owe it to your public. Listen, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a multitasker is what they call me. Yeah. And if you got a problem with it, Khadija don't need you. Khadija. <laughs> there it is. There you go. Hang on. There you know, go. We should take a break. Yep. What's wrong, Dave? Oh, I just want to sit down and learn more. Oh. But it's so hard in today's age yeah who's got time for that oh there's social media it's so addictive and time consuming you know what i want i want to read more books and develop yourself oh yes but also who's got the time oh who's got the time i think we both have the same frustration man and i think we've got the same solution what's that that is blinkist (gasps) blinkist is the only app that condenses thousands of nonfiction books into the best key takeaways and need to know information so you can read or listen to them in just 15 minutes. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now. It has a massive and growing library from self-help to business to health to history books. Uh, Books, by the way, including, uh, I don't know, Becoming by Michelle Obama. What? Uh, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Shush. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, a book I've always wanted to read and yet haven't wanted to read. Oh, wow. Uh, Guess what? You can do it in like 15 minutes. They give you you the, the good stuff. They leave out the rest. And by the way, for all of our listeners who are interested in self-improvement and politics, which is pretty much all of you, they've got Getting Things Done by David Allen. Uh They've got Factfulness, 10 Reasons We're Wrong About the World and Why Things Are Better Than You Think by Von Hans Rosling, Ola Rosling, and Anna Rosling Ronalum. Sounds like a family affair, that one. They also have Fire and Fury Inside the Trump White House by Michael Wolff, just in case you have a bottomless appetite for all things Trump. Right Right now. For a limited, for a limited time. time. Blinkist, Blinkist has, has a special, special offer just for our audience. audience. Dave, take it away. Go to Blinkist.com slash homo to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash homo. Start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash homo. Dave. Yes. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. That's a really high number. I know you're not 35 yet, and I you know. got that beautiful head of hair, but just... Stay ready because okay. it could happen at any time. It could happen, at, but the good news is baldness is optional thanks to forhims.com, which is a one stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. Wow. Here's how it works Hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. Yeah, and these are well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions that help you keep your hair. They're not snake oil pills or gas station counterpart supplements. None of that shit. Uh Uh-huh. Ask if you're going to have to wait in a waiting room, Matt. I'm going to have to wait in a waiting room. No! Oh, shit. No. Uh, Ask if you are going to have to see a doctor and it's going to be awkward. Dave, am I going to have to go see a doctor and be like, hey, help me, I need No! Oh, how? Neither of those things with 4 Just order now. Listeners get a free trial month of hymns for just five bucks today, right now, while supplies last. 
See website for full details because this would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. So just go to forhims.com slash homo. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash homo. Forhims.com slash homo. Robinhood. Yeah. Robinhood. Yes. This is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission free. Wait a minute. No commission? No commission. Get out of here. Yeah, and, and you know how you, you, we have to pay 10% to our reps for doing everything? Yes. This is the opposite of that. Wow. Well, I'm a stock market newcomer. Okay, well, what can I do? Uh, you can invest for the first time with true confidence because while other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood does not charge commission fees, which means you can trade stocks, you can keep all your profits. Wow. If you're on the web, you can view stock collections like the 100 Most Popular, uh, as well as sectors like social media or entertainment, or curated categories like female CEOs. You can instigate with your money. Yeah, and you can get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Well. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple or Ford or Sprint to help build your portfolio. So sign up. Do it at homophilia.robinhood.com. That's homophilia.robinhood.com. We're back with Travel Anderson. Yes, you are. Hello. Um, Travel, mm-hmm. what is your current dating your relationship status <laughs> non-existent um i'm single ready to mingle as they say um but yeah i actually literally last night just re-downloaded tinder yeah um so yeah that's as far as it goes and can you as as much as you're comfortable sharing, what what are we book. seeing in the? I'm now I'm getting eyes on Joan Mantichinello, by the way, in the background. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I was distracted. <laughs> Joe, what is his <laughs> name? Not Joe Mangianello. Mangianello. Y'all know who we talking about. Mm-hmm. And now why he why is he in the on, studio? He was in uh, on Kevin Pollock's show, which we Kevin can see Pollock's through the window. Show. So, all um, <laughs> seven feet of him uh, is uh, walking around the uh, the hallway. Yeah, people were buzzing good. about that when I came in. I always th- that name sounds to me like a football player's name is so I'm yep. always like why why yeah. do I care and then I remember as I said before I yeah. remember why I care mm-hmm. I, anyway <laughs> uh that was a sidebar but we were talking your tinder profile yes paint the picture for us what are we seeing what are you saying um so my tinder profile I only have I have one sentence written in my bio and that sentence is what is that? That sentence is, I'm good on any Marsha P. Johnson Boulevard, which is a spin on a uh, uh, one of the songs from the Carters, Beyonce and Jay-Z's mm-hmm. recent album, Everything is Love, in which he says, I'm good on any MLK Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just flipped it. I'm good on any Marsha P. Johnson Boulevard, because we should remember and uplift our Black trans ancestors. Yes. Um, and so that's the only thing in my bio. And then I have, I did not know... That, you know, Tinder has now updated to where, like, you put eight pictures. Wait, three, six, nine. Nine pictures instead of the six. It used to be six. Now it's, like, nine or something pictures. And you can upload a video or, like, uh, what do you call those things? A boomerang Uh as part of your profile and all this stuff. Didn't know until last night. And so I have all of that. I have all these pictures up and we're just... Waiting to see what will happen. I'll probably delete it in two weeks. Let's be real. Yeah, you said re-download it, so why did you delete it before? I do. Why did I delete it before? Oh, (laughs) I deleted it before because I had a boyfriend um, who I had met on Tinder. Mm -hmm. And 
theoretically, when you get in relationships, you should delete the apps. And so that was seven months. I'm lying. It wasn't that long ago. Five months ago, maybe six months ago, okay. four months ago, last year sometime. I don't know. Um, and so I was like, let's re-download it. Why not? Sure. It was supposed to be one of my 2019, I don't like to call them resolutions, but like- yeah. Intentions. Sure. Intentions. Okay. Things sure. you do. Things you do. You know. Does Bumble connect to your Facebook or is that Tinder? Or Tinder or Bumble? I think they all do, right? Really? Okay. I know Tinder does. I believe Bumble does as well. Okay. But you don't have to connect it to your Facebook. You can okay. just do like straight through your email if you want. I see. Okay. I just always thought that that was like that was proof that the person you're talking to is real, and you can like connect ah. them to people you know. Maybe. Yeah. One of them is it makes it easy for you to stalk the person beyond the confines of the app. Yeah. I think it's. Ten, I don't remember. Yeah. But maybe it was. Oh. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, hinge. Yeah. But are you are you complicated time? Are you doing that? Are you are you looking no. for clues for the person and then I don't, looking? Who has time then? to do all that? <laughs> I got a day job, okay, honey. I don't have time to be trying to figure out who know who and do you know this person? I don't listen. I they're probably not going to match with me anyway. So like, why go through all of this? What do right? you mean? Probably not. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so I identify as gender nonconforming, and I am um, femme presenting. Not today. I'm giving you very boy today, mm-hmm. but like usually I'm very femme presenting, and so that creates some, you know, hiccups when it comes to dating mm-hmm. and you know people expressing their interests towards me. Uh-huh. And do you uh, specify that in your profile? I do, but also even if I didn't. You would see, right? Uh, because of the best photos of me happen to be me, you know, in my gender non-conforming dress, if you will. But of course, my nails are always done. Although I need to get a new one because I broke this. Um, um, and uh, yeah, I. You just, I mean, I wear heels almost every day. It's raining though, so we didn't do it today. Oh, Can't wow. do that. We're not um, getting the full travel today. You're, I'm unfortunately, now. you're not. But like, I'm, I'm trying to give you a little extra energy. It's, you know, it's, we're feeling. It, are you feeling really it? Okay, great, wonderful. Uh, so yeah, are your pronouns they them? I answer you... to all pronouns. He, she, they. As long as the my name is spelled right on the check, that's all that matters. <laughs> um, so yeah, I answer to them all. Um. Can we talk about this boyfriend that you mentioned? Let's do it. What happened there? Um, so we only dated for we met on Tinder and it was like a it was like a whirlwind first week. Like we <laughs> we uh we saw each other like five times in four days. Um wow. I know, right? Who does that? What is wrong with me? Um and uh, five times oh, that means we're seeing we're doing a two a day at some we point. We did an that. A two a day, yes. Wow. Um, and we're doing overnights in this? Uh, was there overnight? Yes, there was There was an overnight situation in one of them. And what uh, was it for nights. you when you first met him that you knew this is someone I'd like to do a, to a day with? You know, I think for me, I was just going with the flow of things. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily that like, oh, yes, I want to see this person again, but rather... I just saw this person, they just left, and they want to come back in a few hours. Sure, why not? So he's the one who was re- who really wanted the intense, like, uh, connection. I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it was, I don't want to put it all on him. Yeah. That would be rude. Um, but I wasn't not into it, if okay. that makes sense. Okay. 
It does. It makes it. No, no, it does. You're you're being (laughs) diplomatic about who was maybe more into it. No, I mean, I think I think it was just we were both clear early on that, like, we were both interested in finding uh, someone to be in a relationship with Mm -hmm. um, and that we both weren't interested in, like, the casual dating thing. Um, And I think we we just like hit it off the first day. And so it was just like, why not? And then his his birthday was two days, I think, after oh. we had met. And he, <laughs> so I felt obligated to like take him out for his birthday. And so it just kind of kept going. Yeah. It was a mess um, in <laughs> retrospect. Uh, but yeah. Did it crash and burn or how did it? And. No. So, okay. So I often tell people that I am, um, I'm 27 years old, but I'm emotionally 42. And so what that means is you have something you want to say. No, I don't. <laughs> I have things I want to hear. What that means is that I, I just, I'm just more mature than most people my age. And so I just look for different things in relationships. And, you know, while I'm not necessarily looking to get married with a person, um, because marriage is, you know, a machination of white supremacy and patriarchy, um, I am looking to be in a relationship with somebody who, like, knows where they're going in life. And unfortunately, he just wasn't yet there. Um, um, He did not have the ambition that I thought he needed to achieve the goals that he said he had. Um, and so yeah. is he in your age range? He yes, he's younger, slightly younger, 26, I think, 25, 26, something like that. Yeah. I mean But and, he's a great person, I swear. Just not for me. And so you were the one who ended it. Of course. And <laughs> yeah. and are you is that typical for you? No. I so I've never this was my first relationship in like a very long time. Yeah. Very long time. Okay. Um, and the first, my only, only my third relationship ever in life, uh, my second with a guy, um, since I became grown, I guess you could call it. Um, and yeah, I just, I just was, it was, it was time. The problem was I had an event that I was hosting coming up that weekend mm-hmm. and I was like, the way I, the, the time I knew that it was time to cut it off, I was like, oh, I don't want to introduce him to people anymore. Yeah. And because I had this event that I had already invited him to, I was like, you know what? This is a sign. I need to break up with you now. And so drove out to his house in um, somewhere out there in the valley, okay. deep in the valley, darling, mm-hmm. which was already a problem. I live in Glendale. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and broke it off. It was great. It was quick. It wasn't easy, but. Was he devastated? No. He he said that he expected it. He said that he felt it was coming, um, which for me was like, great. I've got a bag of your shit in my car. Here you go. We're done. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was good for me. And you've been single for a long time before that. Mm-hmm. And was that, was, that, was that sort of like a, a dating um, freeze? Um, I mean, not necessarily by choice, um, but okay. So, um, long story short, I, the first guy that I had a relationship with in college, um, uh, (laughs) sorry, um, going down memory lane in my head, um, 
we basically broke up in a very contentious type situation. Um, uh, How long a relationship? Also a quick relationship. Four months. Okay. Four or five months. An intense four months. Um, yeah. Well, I, I listen. I am unapologetic about loving hard, um, and and loving you know fiercely. Um, when those situations present themselves to me. So it was one of those things. Um, and long story short, he cheated on me. Um, <laughs> and um, But only told me, I only found out he cheated on me because he um, uh, 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 he had to reveal to me that he had uh, uh, contracted some particular type of disease. And I was like, well, you ain't get it from me, so how you get it? Oh, boy. Um, and so that's how the breakup basically happened. Um, and do you, was it a one-off or like an affair? Good question. Don't know. know. Didn't ask. Um, I just was like, you've got something that I don't got. Um, so you had to get it from somebody else. Um, and he did not deny Mm -hmm. that he had been partaking in other, extracurricular activities mm-hmm. um and so we broke it off and i had to keep my friends from beating his ass um and so from that and because of that situation i didn't date a lot period and then as i began as i moved out here um to la uh uh when i moved up to Palo Alto first, then came down here to LA um, and started dating more. It just was something that was always in the back of my mind, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but of course, again, the whole gender nonconformity thing is, I think, the biggest uh, deterrent for me in relationships and dating, period. Um, and so, yeah. And uh, being gender nonconforming, mm-hmm. has that been an evolution for you? Or what? what was your coming out? process like yeah um i've only been really i've only owned gender non-conforming as an identity i'd say last four five years maybe um (laughs) i don't know if y'all know but there's a there's like a how hard did aging hit you challenge going on on the internets right now and everybody's doing like the 10-year flashback yeah and so i'm vehemently opposed to doing that one because you don't need to know what i looked like 10 years ago um but two um it's just an entirely different being. Like, people who know me from high school are, like... I had a girlfriend in high school who I'm still good friends with. Um, like, she and our whole crew from high school are just so surprised at this wonderful being that's in front of you right now. Um, and, I mean, I am too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, my coming out story... Let's see. My coming out story happened in college. Um, junior year of college, shortly before Thanksgiving. Um, my grandmother and my mother who at the time they were living in Columbus, Georgia, they were moving. My mother was in the military for 23 years in the Army. They were moving to another place. They had stopped in Atlanta. I went to Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, They stopped in Atlanta to hand off the keys to the house that she had in Columbus, Georgia. So it was my job every weekend to go up to the house in Columbus, Georgia and check on it. Okay. So apparently something that I was wearing that day cued my grandmother in to me being gay. Um, Mind you, I, I... all I had on was some regular, regular old black shorts, a yellow T-shirt, and a pair of red Toms. Yeah. That's all I had on, okay? Oh, okay? But apparently, that gave her an ooh-ah sensation that let her know something. Just enough color for um, her to know. Too something. much, I guess. You know, red and yellow, yeah. too much is going on. Um, and so, a couple weeks after that moment, she sends me a letter 
a handwritten letter. And in, in the letter, she basically asks me if I'm gay. And she says, if I'm gay, I'm going to hell. And then I am a bad role model for my little sister. And that the pedestal that she had put me up on now has a crack in it. So um, I'm furious because it's like, oh, this woman just told me I'm going to hell for being gay. And so I respond to her in a nicely worded uh, letter as well, um, basically saying that if I'm going to hell, that I will see her there because she is a hypocrite and she does all of these things with the church that she shouldn't be doing and X, Y, Z. I went in, honey, okay? Um, and I said in that email, I, again, this uh, in that letter, this was a couple weeks before Thanksgiving, I was like, you know, and she lived with my mother at the time. So I'm like, I know you're going to show my mother this, so I'm going to do you both a favor and I I won't be coming home for Thanksgiving. Maybe won't come home for Christmas either. Y'all let me know how y'all feel, basically. Um, at that time, I had spoken to my mother once a week, every week, like clockwork. Um, send, I send the letter off. I don't hear from my mother for about a month and a half. Um, so I stay in Atlanta for Thanksgiving. We're coming up on Christmas break. My mother calls me on December 1st. And uh, she basically says that one... I need to find my way home for Christmas. That two, I need to apologize to my grandmother because I made my grandmother cry. And that three, I can never bring home a a spouse or a person under the title of boyfriend. I can bring home friends, but I can't bring home a boyfriend. Um, So that was my coming out story. Um, Went home for Christmas. We didn't talk about it. Everybody acted like nothing happened. Um, Did you apologize to your grandmother? I did not. And I told her that on the phone. I'm not doing that. So she should not expect it. Um, I don't know if she ever expected it. She died expecting it if she did. Love her, though. I know that came off really harsh. (laughs) (laughs) I love my grandmother and my mother with all my heart. My mother and I have a great relationship now. Um, And me and my grandmother had a fine relationship. It was solid um, uh, prior to her death as well. Wow. So, so for a few years, you're you're just identifying as gay. Yes. And- um. In in college at Morehouse, I <laughs> people identified me as gay before I identified as gay. Uh-huh. Um. And then yeah, it was just gay. And then it, uh, I was in grad school at Stanford. Um. And that's when I started like painting my nails, and um. That's when I bought my first pair of heels, and just it kind of spawned from there. And here we are. And here we are. We it's are. wonderful, fabulous being in front of you. That's right. What do you attribute your uh, your middle aged level of maturity to? I don't know. Trauma, childhood yeah. trauma. Really? <laughs> um, I don't know. So I again, I was a military brat. I'm one of I'm one of four kids. Technically, um, I only say technically because my older sister was put up for adoption. She was adopted by a cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she didn't grow up with us in the household, but she was in kind of the extended family. Um, but my mother had four children. Um, and we moved all over the place. Like every two years we were moving um, since I've been, since I was two years old. And so I feel like you're forced to kind of grow up because you're, you have to make friends quickly and you have to be comfortable cutting those people off. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it was that. I think it was knowing that I was, you know, some sort of queer from a young age and having that, um, again, I grew up in a household that was very much, you know, uh, steeped in the black church. So 
um, everything that you can imagine that happens to kids that are queer in religious households happened to me and more. Um, and so it's, I think it's all of that that comes together. Um, and then from there, I was also kind of, my, my older brother is, you know, uh, uh, not the best role model. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to, to be the quote unquote man of the house at an early age as well. Um, and then my little sister was born 10 years after me. So I basically took care of her while my mother, you know, worked to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you just had to, I just had to grow up and I had to grow up fast. Um, and so we didn't have time for, you know, being young, yeah. if you will. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you're, you have a good relationship with your mom now, you said? Yes. <laughs> it is It is good. It's a lot better than what it was. Um, it's, no, it's by no means where I would love it to be. Um, but we're good. Yeah, I was just curious how you, how, if you can talk about that evolution. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to be quite honest, I think, and I'm going to send this to her so she'll hate me, um, uh, at least for two weeks. Um, I think after my grandmother died, and my grandmother died in 2015 maybe, 15, 16, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that might have allowed my mom to just look at me differently, um, at least in terms of the ways in which she communicates that to me. Um, so, like, not this Christmas, but the Christmas before last, uh, uh, she it was the first time that she ever, like, asked me if I was dating and if I had, like, a partner, which was, like, for me, was like, okay, girl, you know? Uh, <laughs> Um, and then, um, at my grandmother's funeral, um, I had been very much gender nonconforming at that time. Literally the day my grandmother died, I had just gotten my nails done, a nice gel manicure. It was a, like a glitter neon green. And that was the, I get a call. My grandmother has died. At the time, my mother was in, um, she was still in the military. She was in Germany. And so when she's overseas, I have like the power of returning over everything in the States. So I had to drop everything and go to South Carolina to begin taking care of funeral arrangements until my mom could get back to the States because she had to go get approval and it took like four days or whatever. And so I had just done my nails. I'm like, well, we're not taking these off. Mm -hmm. So... They're just going to have to deal with what they see. Um, and then I had the day of the funeral. So my mother decided that she wanted everyone. Um, I don't know if white people do this, but in black, some black families, um, the immediate family to the deceased wears a certain color to denote that they are immediate family members. Um, and so for whatever reason, my mother chose pink. Um, the reason is because pink is my mother's favorite color. Um, so she shows pink. I don't have pink. Um, and so we had to go shopping. And so she bought me this, um, fabulous pink poncho. It was amazing. Oh, it was so gorgeous. Um, and she bought it now. I mean, I wanted it, but like she paid for it. She was there with me. And so everything's fine. The morning of the funeral, we all come together at my aunt, my mother's sister's uh, house to, you know, get into the hearse and drive to the, to the funeral. And um, 
someone in the family um, expresses that they have a problem with what I'm wearing. Um, so I have the poncho on. I have a black tank top on under it, some black slacks, and then I have a pair of uh, – they're flats, but they're women's flats. They're obviously women's flats because they have a point on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody expresses a discontent with what I'm wearing and basically says to me um, – not basically, says to me, why are you wearing that to my mother's funeral? <laughs> right? Um, and so – I basically told that person, I was like, listen, my mama bought this outfit. So, and she, for me, is the only person who today can say anything about what I'm wearing. And she hasn't said anything. So you're just going to have the deal. Um, It was also a a part because my mother was paying for the funeral. So like, shut up, you know? (laughs) My family will hate me for that. Um, But for me, it was one of those things was like, the only person that I'm going to allow and only on today to have a say-so about what I'm wearing is my mother. And only on today because we're burying her mother. Every other day, she can kick rocks too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and my mother didn't have a problem with it because she bought it. Um, and so, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. No, it, yeah, it, it really um, paints a vivid picture. Um, because it, I, it, it, one might have expected this to be a story about how you were pressured into wearing a suit to your grandmother's funeral. You right. know, and you weren't. I was not. Which, I mean, to be clear, I was surprised as well. Yeah. Um, but it it's one of those things where, like, I think the, the developments in my mother and I's relationship, um, it's been slow. But it's been it's it's been progressive um and like last year i got this award um by this organization here in la called better brothers they're like a black lgbtq organization um and they do an award show called the truth awards every year where they honor black lgbtq folks in the community for the work that they're doing and i got the uh, i got some award for like the oh i got the passing the torch award um and my mother and my little sister flew in for it i should also say Slight caveat, my little sister's lesbian, love it. Um, I say that this is like the perfect karma for my entire family. Um, and she's a butch lesbian. So like, oh, yes, oh, darling. Yes. Um, and so, my but my mother flies in for it. Um, she buys my sister what my sister wants to wear, which is like a button, very boyish, button down, everything. And I'm wearing this, um, it's like a strapless uh, jumpsuit. Um, and the top is velvet. Um, and like, and I had braids at the time. And so like, she helped me like do my, put my braids in like a little quaff situation. She zipped, her and my sister got together and zipped me up into my, uh, jumpsuit that was entirely too tight. Um, and I had to lay on the bed to make that work. Um, but yeah, there's like small stuff like that that like we do that she's done for me and the ways that she's shown up for me in like the last year or so in particular that um I think um are they show the progress of our relationship in those particular ways. Love my mother. In I, case that wasn't clear. Yeah, no. We love her too. We yeah. as you should. Yeah. Um well, I got there's so much more I want to ask. Uh, and it sounds like you're at a point with her where you could bring a boyfriend home now, unlike mm. early days. Maybe. Maybe. 
Maybe. I mean, there's no one even potentially on the roster, so well, that part doesn't matter, unfortunately. Because well, well, until this episode comes out, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I think that she would be, you know, open to it. I mean, my my sister has allegedly, apparently, had you know girlfriends that my mother has met. Um, allegedly, I say allegedly because I don't know any what's what's going on with these kids these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but I would I would assume that she would be fine with it um she also would have no choice if i got to that point with someone where i wanted to introduce them to family she'd have to deal with it okay. she'd have to become um, fine with it i mean she don't have to be fine with it but like he coming yeah you know mm-hmm. even if you we get kicked out he coming yeah that's how know? they get fine with it yeah you, you just, just gotta, do it you gotta force them sometimes yeah you know yeah it's, it is what it is do you feel a special responsibility to be uh, a big sibling to your little sister because she is also queer? Um, I feel is a responsibility a to... I feel a responsibility to be that that kind of liaison between her and my mom. Okay. Um, and not necessarily because of the queerness aspect, but just because of, like, I'm an older sibling. I think I owe it to her to make sure that if I can do anything to smooth out their relationship in whatever ways are necessary, then I should do that. It's hard, though, because I'm 3,000 miles away. Right. Um, and and I'm a horrible communicator, as you all experience with my emails. <laughs> um, but um, I try to. I don't know if I, I take, on, take it on as a, as a particular responsibility because she's lesbian, um, but I, I do want to make sure that she feels support. Um, uh, and I, I do want to make sure that the natural criticisms that she gets from people in my family, my mother, my aunt, cousins, etc., are rooted not in her being lesbian, but in her being a horrible student, right? Yeah. Like, I, I want to make sure that whatever concerns that the family has are rooted in things that have nothing to do with her identities, mm-hmm. right? Um, and And I have an ability to do that because... I'm, you know, grown and, you know, self-sufficient and all of these other things that allows those people to hopefully listen to me when I tell them to shut up and leave her alone. Right. You know? Did she come out to you? Was it, was it necessary? It wasn't ne- It wasn't necessary. She didn't come out to me. She actually, uh, ironically, was forced out the closet as well. Um, I believe, I think it was an, I think it was an aunt who... Mm-hmm who we all love, who's, like, very supportive and all of that, who uh, knew that my sister was gay, mentioned it to me, like, randomly in conversation. Like, it wasn't even, like, a big deal. Like, your sister's gay, too. It was just like, yeah, child, she got this little girlfriend out here. And I was like, what? She's got a what? (laughs) She's 15. What do you mean she got a girlfriend? She don't need a girlfriend. She's 15. She don't need a boyfriend either, to be clear. She don't need nobody. She's 15. Um, But I think it was one of those situations uh, uh, with her. It wasn't a, there was no big deal at all. At that, and at that time, I believe my mom was still in Germany. Um, So it just kind of was a thing that my mom and myself were, were told in kind of just regular conversation. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. Yeah. Um, It's progress. It's, 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 well, it's something. It's something. It's something to say the least. So you grew up in the church, Mm -hmm. you were saying before, does spirituality play any role in your life now? Yeah. Um, 
I believe God. I believe in God, and I believe God is a black trans woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pray every now and again. Um, and I, I do identify partly as a church queen. Um, and what I mean by that is I love the church. I love gospel music. I, um, I love what the church and particularly the black church can be for people queer or otherwise. Um, but I'm very much so kind of a critic of the black church and realizing that it is not as it stands now, a safe space for, the black queer people that we know are in those spaces. Um, And if it was, if it is for those people, what it was for me, then it is a source of trauma and it is a source of, you know, forcing people to, to hide um, or second guess who they, you know, who they are innately inside. Is, does that space exist for you here? Is there like, is there an equivalent? I haven't been to church in forever. Uh, The last time I was at church was for my grandmother's funeral. Um, um, uh, But, I mean, I do think those spaces exist. They just don't necessarily look like a a church house. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I find kind of the necessary community that churches provide people, I find that in a lot of social spaces, right? So whether that's like the club or whether that's, you know, just with my group of friends that pour into me and I pour into them, um, whether that's on social media in some respects. Um, I think church just looks differently for for me and for a lot of Black queer people um, than it did for our ancestors, God is a black trans woman. Yes. I, that resonates. That The truth has a certain sound to it. I mean, listen, just imagine that, because I know your listeners are going to be like, oh my God, he's sacrilegious, which yes, maybe I am. Um, but I just think that when we think of God, we think of God as being someone who is knowledgeable and concerned about the communities that we belong to or the communities that belong to the human race that are like the least of said communities, right? Um, And who is the least of our community than the black trans woman? Um, They are the most disrespected, most marginalized, most, most, you know, traumatized group of people. Um, And if we believe that Christ and we believe that God um, sees all and knows all and um, it, it cares for all, um, and that God makes no mistakes, and that God puts everyone, you know, on on Earth as they are. Why would God not be a black trans woman? Why not? You wasn't there, well, you know, back in the <laughs> day. Right. We don't know what's happening. I'm just saying, why not? Everybody else, King James got his version of the Bible. Why can't I have mine? Right. Today was the day I found religion, guys. That's right. <laughs> And I want to thank you for that, Travelle. <laughs> I've been saved. Yeah. When I was younger, yeah. um, my grandmother, uh, who I said was a pastor, she founded her own church in her living room with her and her 12 kids. 12 kids? Eight kids. Eight kids. Um, which is still too many. That's yeah. a lot of kids. Um, and she grew it into like a storefront church. Um, but I used to follow her um, when she would go preach and do things and she had a radio station and I would read the the not a radio station she had a radio show Mm -hmm. um, and I would read the bible verse every Sunday morning and so people in South Carolina got familiar with my voice and I was always tagging along with her and so my nickname was preacher man everybody thought I was going to be a preacher um, when I was younger 
I am not a preacher today. <laughs> well, but I mean, maybe, <laughs> perhaps not in the traditional sense. Spreading a sense. different gospel, okay? Yeah. A yeah. different gospel. You have a voice. I, I have something. Yeah. <laughs> you have a platform. Do. You have a voice. I definitely have something for sure. Mm. Um, well, when you are ready to open your church, we will be there. Absolutely. <laughs> Could you imagine? Center. Oh, God. It would I just can be a imagine. Mess. That's the thing. Don't. It just would be, uh If just, uh all of my friends who will listen to this will be like, no, he do not need no church. And they would be right. I do not need a space that I would control at all. Well, this has been that space for you today, <laughs> Travel. And we thank you. Thank you for having me. What a joy. Yes. Thank you for being here. Come back any time. I will just this take door over. Is open. Why not? Great. We need you. Thank you. Khadija does need you. <laughs> <laughs> Travel, the best a man can get. Do you see how I, I do see that I brought together yep. the Gillette? Is that the Gillette? It is. It the was. The best a man can get. Yeah. Uh, and the best anyone could get. Travel mm-hmm. Anderson. What a what a what a show. A true genius. Uh, Widow's best of luck on Tuesday. We I know you're a long shot, <laughs> and I know that I love the movie, even though I haven't seen it yet, because yep. Travel told me. Yep. Got to do it. Everybody see Widows. Um, thank you to Viola Davis. Yes. Thank you to, <laughs> thank our, you to the Academy. Yeah. Thank you to, um, oh my God, our agents, our team. <sighs> and, uh, you Gaga, you Glenn, um, I, you are, you are a light. You are my North star. <gasps> just to be in the same category, <sighs> just to be in the same room as uh, all of those people. Plus. Dave Holmes, oh, Dana, Dana Wickens. Dana Wickens. Ryan Connor in the booth. Oh, this is heavy. Oh, God. Um, oh, I know I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, oh. I don't want to Hillary swank it. Oh, God. Uh, ben, they're, they're ben Wise for the music. Ben Wise for the music. Oh, oh my God. Um, and, and thank you, Mom. Thank you, Stick Dad. Stickman. Oh. Stickman. Put it down. Put it down, Stickman. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for my whole career. Thank you, Travel Anderson. Thank you to our upcoming guests, which include, uh, oh, my God, Billy Lee from Vanderpump Rules. Uh-huh. Uh, we love you so much. And, um, oh, my God, Willem. Willem from Willem. Is coming. Willem is coming. Uh, Blake everything. Mitchell. Blake, Blake Mitchell. Mitchell from porn. He's from a porn, porn star. And he's going to do our McQueen. Show. Butterfly McQueen. Oh. Uh, it's not going to be on the show. But thank, thank you, Butterfly McQueen. Uh, wow, guys. Uh, and thank you, all the homophiliacs. We see you. We love you. We're with you. And we'll see you next week. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.